Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome into this edition of UAP Weekly. Stephen Diener right here back with you on the Unidentified Alien Podcast Weekly Edition. And so happy to be back with you. It feels like it's been forever. It really does. And I apologize for that. I've been away. Oh, so many things happening behind the scenes. But I am uh, very happy, very, very happy to be back with you here today to go over some of the things that have been going on over the past few days in the world of... The wild and crazy world of UFO, UAP uh, phenomenon, the community, everything that's happening. Because there's been some developments out there that has led to a lot of speculation lately. So I'm going to cover a couple of things here today and also let you in on some of the things that have been happening behind the scene or behind the scenes that uh, you can look forward to. And one of those things I'm going to talk about real quick now before I jump into what might be a giant UFO with a building that has been built over it. Possibly in South Korea. So if you haven't heard about that, I'm going to talk to you about that today and let you know what's going on there. As well as a um, a thread on Reddit that kind of caught fire before this past weekend that may or may not have been written by a biologist who worked on alien bodies. So we're going to cover that here today on this edition of UAP Weekly and uh, let you decide on you know what all this might mean. But first, I want to tell you about... Coming your way next week, I'm going to be talking to D.C. Long. And if you're not familiar with D.C., then maybe you can do a little um, research on him before you hear what he has to say to me on next week's episode of UAP Weekly. Because he was one of the guys that was at the Disclosure Conference with Dr. Greer a few weeks back, or actually last month at this point. Wow. I was in Washington, D.C. last month already. Jeez. So... Sorry, that just kind of hit me. I can't believe it's a month ago. Um, but he was there, and he's one of the guys who told his story, one of the whistleblowers, I should, I should say, who told his story uh, involving his time at Fort Bragg in North Carolina, involving uh, some anti-gravity experiments that were being done that he witnessed and um, was tried to force to sign an NDA and refused. And from there... His life became very, very difficult and uh, very happy that he, quite frankly, is still around today to talk about this. And that is not an exaggeration. That is not a, you know, for dramatic effect. That, um, that's real life. I'm telling you, we're happy he's still around to be able to talk about this because uh, he went through a real rough patch. And I spoke to him on the phone um, recently and we spoke a lot about his story and a lot about his background and 
some of the things that uh, you know he'll get off his chest here on the show, but it's um it's going to be quite the conversation. So I look forward to bringing that to you next week on UAP Weekly. My conversation with DC Long, the whistleblower who was in Washington D.C. as part of uh, Dr. Greer's disclosure conference this past uh, June twelfth. So looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to you hearing it because. You know, it's like one of those conversations you have on the phone, not to drone on about this, but it's like as I'm talking to him, I was like, man, I, I wish everybody could hear what he's saying right now. And you will. So we'll, we'll get that out there next week for you on UAP Weekly. But until then, let's go ahead and focus on right now. And I mentioned a couple of things about the giant UFO. So what what is this about? Well, Ross Coldhart, who has, you know, I, guy's been around for a long time. He is a, um, you know, a, a major... Uh, UFO, you know, investigative journalist. He's been on the subject for for a long time now. In a lot of interviews, a lot of work that he's done. His interview with David Grush, I mean, most famously recently, is some of the work that he's done um, when it comes to you know his work into the UFO field. So he does a lot of different appearances and interviews, and maybe I'll get him on here one day as well. But he was on a show a few days ago, and forgive me, I, I missed the name of the show. I don't mean to like not give credit, but I missed the name of the show. But he did an a, uh, interview and ended up talking about the speculation behind a giant UFO, one that is so big. Well, you know what? Here, I'll just let him explain. Here's uh, He talks about it a little bit here, and just a heads up, he uses a curse word that I decided to bleep out because I want to keep the clean rating you have to make ratings on the podcast and i didn't want to use explicit so i decided to keep it clean and bleep this out but here's what he had to say about this giant ufo and then i'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail what if some of that is so big it can't be moved so big they built a building over it in a country outside of the united states of america all right so what if some of that stuff is so big of course meaning the ufos that it's so big that they had to build a building around it just to keep it safe, just to keep it secret away from the world. They couldn't move it. They couldn't do anything with it. There was no crash retrieval from the men in black where they come and they take this thing away on a flatbed truck. And, you know, the black helicopters are flying over and everything like that. And people say they see it and then no one ever sees it again. And they take it to some hangar in Ohio or Montana. That wasn't the case here, according to Ross. According to Ross, this thing was so massive that no one could move it anywhere. So what do you do in that case? I guess you build a secret hangar around it. And that's what they did supposedly in South Korea. So, of course, UFO Twitter and a lot of the stuff that um, you know happens these days happens on social media because you're not going to see this on your local news. You're not going to see it on the nightly news on any major network. You're going to hear it here and you're going to see it on social media because the mainstream media, for whatever reason, still continues to um, just disregard anything and deny anything that has to do with covering the UFO UAP phenomenon, unless it has to do with some type of congressional hearing or, you know, the David Grush interview, that got a lot of coverage. You see it here and there. Of course, the Vegas story caught like wildfire because nine-foot aliens in someone's backyard is a sexy headline. But other than that, they refuse to cover a lot of the stories that are out there, which is why I 
decided to do UAP Weekly with you. Um, but this is one of those cases where you're talking about a possible story of a giant UFO that crash landed. Well, actually, I should let me back up here. The story goes that it was shot down using electromagnetic technology from the United States in South Korea. And this thing was so big that they had to actually build a structure around it. Circular, by the way. And if you haven't seen the picture, I will retweet this on the UAP Twitter. Um, it's at UAPodcast850 on Twitter, at UAPodcast850. If you haven't seen this thing, I will retweet it. And, of course, by following the show, you'll also get you know uh, any updates that I have going on. I do some live videos here and there, so... By following the show, you get access uh, to all that on social media as well. But like I said, you can see the picture of this. What people are saying is um, this this giant UFO that is being housed in this building. So this building happens to be circular. For whatever reason, everyone decided that this was the spot because they see this giant structure on Google Earth. It's in the middle of a South Korean forest i guess you can say it's just this random structure in a forest and of course on top of that the description of it says that it is a u.s communications base which is interesting because that's the same thing they say about pine gap in australia but i guess that's neither here nor there so the description of this thing when you i guess you know people started piecing it together you have a giant circular structure in the middle of a forest, jungle, whatever you want to call it in South Korea, in the midst of all these giant trees, and then they call it a U.S. communications installation, but maybe there is something under there, and is that the spot that Ross Coulthard is talking about? You know, he hasn't he hasn't confirmed any of this. He's not going to give the goods. He's not going to say where this is or what someone told him, where this giant UFO might be, but when you see the size of this structure, again, this circular building... You can decide for yourself, maybe this is the spot that he's talking about. I said outside the U.S., there's this mysterious structure in the middle of South Korea, you know, that communications installation. So is it all a coincidence? Is it all a happenstance? I don't know. Quite frankly, if I'm being honest, I think that maybe there's, you know, a lot of smoke here, but no gun, so to speak. But who knows? I mean, it's just, I found it intriguing. I found it interesting that... This uh, all of a sudden popped up on Google Maps that people found this thing. And it, it look, it fits the description. If you're looking for a giant circular building in the middle of nowhere in a country outside the U.S. that's trying to be painted as something else, then maybe that's what this is. I mean, that that's kind of what they found. The question is, you know, is that the case here? Maybe it really is a U.S. communications installation in the middle of nowhere in South Korea. That could That could possibly be as well. Or it's the alternative. It makes you wonder. But then again, like I said, I will retweet that picture so you can see for yourself. You can do your own sleuthing on it if you want. You can follow the links on Google Maps and look at all the latitude and longitude and go down that rabbit hole if you like. And I'll have that up there at UA Podcast 850. But one of the other things that I wanted to get at today was this Reddit thread. And I really, really wanted to talk about this going into the weekend. Um, as I record this now on July 11th on Tuesday, I wanted to talk about this badly this past Friday going into the weekend, but I ended up having to fly out of town. I talked about that in social media. I had to go to Austin, Texas. 
uh, for the weekend. Nothing crazy, nothing bad or anything like that. Just some some personal time. And I wasn't sure if that plan was going to go through or not. I thought I was going to have Friday open to record this episode then. Turns out I did not. But I'm here now and I wanted to talk about this here today because it was this, this thread that came out on Reddit and it was supposed to be by this biologist who says he worked on this secret base and worked on what he called exobiospheric organisms. Now, I'm just going to give you a heads up. There's a lot of words here that I may not be able to read or that we may not know exactly what they mean, but I'm going to do my best on them because this guy who posted this thing on Reddit got a lot of attention. I mean, it, it set the UFO uh, community ablaze on Friday into the weekend. Now, also, in all fairness, you know, I always try to give both sides. There is speculations by some people that uh, this was an old thread that was reposted and that it's it was proven to be a hoax in the past, but someone's trying to pass it off again. There are other people who are saying, well, this was just written by AI. Now, I will also go ahead, if you haven't seen this, you probably have, but if you haven't, I will retweet this as well, this entire thread on the UA, UAP Twitter, so you can read through the, the, the actual post itself. Now, I'm not going to read the whole post because it is very, very long and very, very wordy, but I do have a summary here that I want to read through of some of the key points because um, it's if, if this is true, if this was written by a real biologist, it's an absolute game changer, some of the things that are said in here. But again, for your own reference, I will... Also, retweet this along with that picture like I was talking about from South Korea at UA Podcast 850 on Twitter. I'll put it out there for you. Now, some of the key points, though, for your reference to make your life a little bit easier included from this biologist. He says that uh, our biosphere and theirs, this this specific uh, alien species or these species that he's been working on, says that our biospheres share a common ancestry he said he's only examined four bodies um not complete examinations but they all died due to major trauma he said the lab that he worked on was or it could be she i mean there's there's no um there was there was no revealing of the names here so we'll just say that the scientist for for that matter that the scientist worked in a um uh, at uh, fort dietrich in maryland and it was at a biodefense institute, a National Biodefense Institute. He said the operations carried out in the restricted part of the basement. So this is interesting because we've heard about underground installations before, and that's some of the stuff I'm going to talk about with DC Long next week. The whistleblower, one of the whistleblowers who was at the disclosure conference uh, this past June, underground uh, basements, structures, bases, whatever you want to say. They're very prevalent when it comes to this type of stuff. And he says that's where these operations were carried out at Fort Detrick in Maryland. He said, the scientist said what was particularly striking about the, they call it EBO, exobiospheric organism. They said what was striking was in their genome that it was the uniformity of the uh, intergenic regions. And this is where it starts to get a little bit wordy. What they mean is the uniformity of these sequences is a major indication of the artificiality of these beings. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about clones. And this is really something that 
struck me because one of my own personal theories, if I could put one of my own theories out there, was a lot of the things that people see abduct, you know, uh, abduction victims, for, for example, when they talk about seeing grays, you can do an interview or hear an interview with an abduction victim from 1970 and do an interview from, you know, where they lived in, I don't know, Brazil. And then you can talk to someone from New York in 1995 in an abduction case, and they have the same description. And then you can talk to someone in Germany. You can talk to someone in England. You can talk to someone in Canada, in Norway, in Sweden, in the state of Florida where I am. Whenever you hear about these abduction stories, you end up hearing the same descriptions of the aliens that took them about these small grays. They all look the same. They all have the big eyes the slits for nose, their nose or, you know, their mouth, no ears, things like that. The gray skin, they're short. How could everyone look the same? That's like if, you know, there's, a, God forbid, a kidnapping somewhere. Then it was, and it was done by three people kidnapping another person. Those three people are not going to look the same unless they're triplets. So unless every single alien that has done an abduction over the past, say, 100 years... Or, you know, 80 years, I guess, if we trace it back to when this stuff started happening as far as abductions are concerned. And maybe, are, are they all triplets or septuplets and they're the same set of aliens each time? I highly seriously doubt that. The only other, um, I guess, answer or, or theory that you could look at would be that these are clones. Otherwise, how do they all have the same description from different witnesses in different areas in different times? That's always been my theory. So to hear that, that appoints to some type of an artificial being was striking to me. Now they also talked about um, that how the individual alien could be genetically designed to have characteristics that give it an advantage in performing a given task, almost like soldier ants and worker ants in an anthill is the example that the scientists gave. So you're talking about specific engineering to carry out a task. Okay. If you needed some alien to, you know, be really strong, then they would genetically design that alien to be very strong, something like that. Now, they also said that what was disturbing in their studies was that some genes correspond directly with human genes or even some animal genes. Now, I want to stop there real quick because, again, like I said earlier, some of these claims, and I'm getting chills just reading some of these, I'm not going to lie, some of these claims, if they're true, if this is from a true biologist, if this wasn't a hoax that's being reposted, if this isn't, you know, posted by an AI program, and, and then these are explosive, explosive claims that would talk about cloning processes, genetically designing beings from a, you know, a higher intelligent race of beings. And it would also talk about hybridization. Between and we've we've spoken before with alien abduction cases about alien human hybrids. We've talked about cattle mutilations, right? How many times have we heard about those things when it comes to uh, unexplained phenomenon involving UAP UFOs? So we're here now saying that some genes correspond directly to human genes and some animal genes. Could that be referring to some of these experiments that we've heard about before with cattle mutilations and human hybrid experiments from from uh, uh, these abduction victims that we've spoken about on previous episodes of UAP? 
fascinating to me. So the report goes on. It says that um, they are very similar to the gray aliens that are part of the modern folklore, the ones that we always hear about. They're short, you know, three to four feet tall, like we always hear about. They have two arms, two legs, and a head. So just like humans go. Their skin is gray. It's often described as, you know, in, in the alien abduction cases or in drawings, depictions, whatever it may be. And here's the thing, though. They're saying that that skin is, in fact, a biosynthetic film, which likely serves to protect the alien from a hostile environment. So we're talking about an astronaut suit. Think about that. We're talking about this gray skin that we always hear about with these aliens in abduction cases or sightings, that it would be some type of exoskeleton, you know, some type of suit that would protect them, like an astronaut suit, or even going back to, you know, classic Independence Day with Will Smith, where they are in that exoskeleton type thing and the head opens up and the alien is inside of that. So, it's that type of thing, but they're saying that gray skin acts as a protective layer for the alien, the clone, whatever you want to call it. Now, they said the brain is composed of four major sections. They said that uh, nodules on the central lobe, it is speculated that these nodules are essential to interact with their technology. So now we're talking about some of the other theories that have been presented, which include telekinesis, right? Moving things with your mind, telepathy. Connecting with your mind, speaking with your mind, controlling things with your mind. That's what they're talking about there. Hands and feet. They say that their hands have four digits. Okay, so four fingers, including an opposable thumb on the medial side. So pretty much like ours is what it's saying, where, you know, the thumb would be on the side there. At first glance, the scientist says the feet consist of just two digits, but a necropsy soon determined that each toe was made of two fused digits. So they're kind of like stuck together. They said the blood itself is also uh, like, you know, pretty much like ours. However, they make the uh, distinction here. The proportion of plasma is much higher. So make of that what you will. I'm not smart enough to to gain a, um, a theory from that. The color of the blood is brownish, they said. So, of course, not like red like ours, but a, a brownish type of blood. Now, here is the interesting thing because... We're going to make a connection here. Their waste system. Okay. That's what they're calling it. Instead, there's no waste system, as they're calling it. There are countless small pores on the surface of the skin. And ammonia is the key. So, the connection there that a lot of people made when this came out and that I made when I read this was the Varginha Brazil Aliens, the, the, that famous case back in 96, 95 with the uh, Virginia, Brazil, you know, crash, the Brazilian Roswell, as it's been called before. We've spoken about it here on the show, did a couple episodes on it, actually. And that smell that they, sp- they spoke about it smelled like ammonia. It was a very bad smell that surrounded some of the bodies. So if you're talking about this, you know, ammonia type of um, aroma that comes out of the pores of the surface of their skin, that would make sense because you could connect that to the Virginia case in Brazil. What was also interesting is that they consume food in liquid form is what the scientists spoke about. It's therefore speculated that the food consumed is sort of like a, a broth of rich sugar and protein. Now, 
here's the thing that struck me with that. We did an episode sometime last year. I forget what number it was. Forgive me. It's hard to keep these all in mind. But it was about a woman who said that she was taken to space. It was a crazy story, but we played a lot of sound from her. I think it was a British woman, and she talked about how she was abducted at a younger age and fell in love with an extraterrestrial. This was the story. If you haven't heard the episode, you can go back and find it. Um, I think it was called My Alien Love Child. I forget which one that was. But she spoke about how she learned about their society and their culture and how they didn't have a need for food like we do. Instead, they ate some type of concentrated liquid that was taken through like a bag of some sort. So, and that, that report was all actually also in a different whistleblower who was unnamed about 40 years ago, talked about this, this, you know, type of protein rich, uh, liquid that these aliens would drink, the ones in captivity, the ones that were alive that had been captured by the U.S. government. So when they talk about this, when the scientist mentions this in this Reddit thread, that struck me because it matched two independent stories, if this thread is to be believed. Now, knowing that they are disposable, unable to live independently without technological support, and that they are their only suitable hypothesis in that case is that they are alive only to accomplish their task, meaning clones sent here to do a specific task. Now, they believe, and this comes from the scientists who wrote this thread, they said EBOs, aliens, for all intents and purposes, believe that the soul, and we're going to get deep here, they believe that the soul is not an extension of the individual, but rather a fundamental characteristic of nature that expresses itself as a field not unlike gravity. I'm going to let you try to take that one in there because it's very confusing. It's very heady. It's kind of trippy. But they're saying that basically the soul is not an extension, but it's a fundamental characteristic of nature. It's interesting. Um, they don't know about their potential influence on our evolution. Uh, only one genome has been sequenced, so they can't really compare a lot out of outside what was already mentioned here. But it's speculated that all of these are identical clones and probably generated from the same source. The hypothesis is that they were created to perform their tasks and be able to, to survive with only local resources here on Earth. They must therefore be able to metabolize local organic resources. So this comes from, again, the Reddit thread that I will retweet, and that's the whole synopsis there. It's very long. The whole thread itself is very long. I mean, I spent enough time just going through the simple synopsis, the simple summary but I will retweet the entire thing if you haven't read it. If you would like to and make your own conclusions about what is being said there, then I will do that on the Twitter page at UA Podcast 850. But that's going to do it for today. I just I really wanted to touch on those things. I know it's a shorter episode than, than usual, um, but I was really itching to talk about that thread there because if it was, if it is something that is, um, you know, viable. If it is something that wasn't reposted, again, you have different opinions. Some people are saying it was reposted from the past. Others are saying, no, this one is completely different. Some people have tried to run it through because the entire thread itself is very, very detailed. That was kind of like the layman's term version. And if you read the actual thread, you will see that, um, 
even for an AI program, it would be hard to give the kind of detail that this person wrote in there. Like, it sounds like it came from someone who really experienced it and knows what they're talking about. There's a lot of really technical terms in there in the original thread. But, I mean, you know, look, who knows? It could be AI, right? I mean, we, we're, we're not sure, but that's the whole thing is one to put it out there for you so you can hear it yourself and, and uh, do your own investigating and make up your own mind. But it's fascinating if some of that stuff is true, if that's if that's the case, it was real scientists putting themselves out there because there was a lot of talk that that thread kept getting deleted. People kept reposting it. So it kind of made you question, well, if this thing is a hoax, then why does it keep getting deleted? It was um, it was interesting. And the thing that really gets me is the clone theory, because that would prove it to me. When they're talking about, you know, the, the essentially the DNA being the same, the genome structure being the same, that these are clones from a source that are being sent here to Earth to do specific tasks. That's amazing confirmation if that is the case. A lot going on these days, a lot going on. We're still waiting for um, word on some of these disclosure hearings, public disclosure hearings that are supposed to take place in Washington, D.C., very possible uh, one down here in South Florida as well. I will keep you updated on that. I will try to attend whatever I can um, to get all the latest info at the scene, at the source. So I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes and ears out for that. Like I said, going to be talking to DC Long as well from the Disclosure Conference uh, from this past June. Very much looking forward to you hearing what he has to say. That is going to be a very, very big interview um, and I will do my best to, I, I hate sounding paranoid. I hate sounding like I'm exaggerating or being dramatic, but I'm just, uh, I'm telling you once this in- interview comes out, I'm going to try to keep this under wraps as long as I can, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be said that, um, you know, we just hope it's not taken down or anything like that, but Everything went fine with Michael Herrera. He's still around. I'm still around. And that's the same case right now with DC Long. Everything's, uh, well, not going fine, but, you know, he. I'm very grateful that he is uh, willing to talk because the intimidation has started for him on his end. I will tell you that there is some intimidation going on uh, for him, just like Michael Herrera was talking about intimidation that's happening to him with the black helicopters and rattling his windows and things of that nature. And there was something else, too, and... I hate, I hate doing this because I don't want to be that guy that says, oh, there's something big coming. Just wait and see. There's something big. But when I can release something that um, I spoke with Michael Herrera about before I went away this past weekend, we had a conversation on the phone, private conversation, and he let me in on something that was going on behind the scenes, something that he's working on. Um with with a group of people and if if and when I can tell you about that it is going to be a game changer and again I really really hate doing that I don't want to be that guy that exaggerates for the purpose of exaggerating um I, I I'm not that guy I wish I can tell you what I was told but I can't yet because I haven't been given the clearance when I am able to give you that that update I'm going to do it as soon as I possibly can right away Hopefully it's going to be in episode 71 because episode 71 of original UAP will be out this week. So finally going to get into that as well. Um, Some wild things I'm working on for episode 71. 
that I look forward to getting out to you before this week is over. Uh, hopefully by this Friday going into the weekend, we'll have episode 71 out. But I will keep you updated on all the stuff we've spoken about here today. Like I said, I'll tweet out the original thread from that uh, Reddit scientist there and the um, the picture of the supposed installation that is housing the giant UFO that will all be tweeted out at UA Podcast 850 on Twitter. But until then, oh, and when I, like, like I said, when I can give you what Michael Herrera told me, I will definitely do that because it is huge. It is a big thing. It is an important thing um, that he's doing, that he's working on. So as soon as I'm given the clearance, you will know what's happening there, and it will be a game changer. I'm not joking around. I'm not exaggerating. It is going to be a game changer. But until then, until next time, it's Stephen Diener right here on UAP Weekly, Unidentified Alien Podcast Weekly Edition. A lot going on behind the scenes. I'll keep you updated as much as I can. Until next time on episode 71 of UAP, be good, be safe. I'll speak to you soon.